Ever feel like you're doing this teaching thing alone? You don't have to be. Share Teaching is all about sharing the workload through the power of collaboration and teamwork. Together, we'll walk through all the difficult parts of teaching and learn how to streamline our processes, fine-tune our time management, and develop a more manageable workload. If that sounds like a dream come true to you, then welcome to the Shared Teaching Podcast. Let's share in the teaching to make those dreams a reality. Now here's today's Shared Teaching. Welcome back to the Shared Teaching Podcast. This is your host, Susan, and you are listening to episode number 16, where we are discussing more efficient digital grading. So if you are in a hybrid situation or you're online, you might be losing your mind like I am, and you're looking for better ways to do things. Even though we're in the home stretch now, we're almost to the end of the year, it still is useful for us to find some ways to cut down on our prep time. So I have come up with four tips for you. So the first one is that we want to evaluate what we really need to take a grade on. So just like when we're in the classroom and we're using paper and pencil, we want to grade every single piece of paper that we handed out to kids because that would just be way too much. So when we're assigning digital assignments, why are we feeling like we need to grade all of those as well? Many of those should just be practice. So for example, with math, I assign something every single day. But it's not until the test day, which usually ends up being on a Friday, that they're doing an assessment. So Monday through Thursday, they're just practicing that concept. And on Friday is the day that I'm going to assess them and take a grade. So really think about where you're getting the most bang for your buck, so to speak. Are they just practicing and repeating that same skill? several times throughout the week. So then the last time you're giving them that type of an assignment is when you want to assess it. Another example is when I'm doing grammar. So I might give two weeks of grammar practice on common and proper nouns. So on the last assignment, I might make that assignment the grade because I'm assessing their work and they've been practicing for two weeks. So I feel okay taking a grade on that last assignment, especially if they were doing it the previous two weeks. They should be more than capable of showing me they've learned it by then. Next up is tip number two, which is sticker grading. So I use Google Classroom. I'm not sure if other platforms support this, but in Google Classroom, you can pull up their digital file So most commonly, I use Google Slides. So I pull up a Google Slide activity that a child has completed, and I will open a second window, and I can drag a digital sticker from my second window onto the Google Slide that the student has completed. Another way to do that is within the Google Slides when you're grading, you can insert a picture. So you're just on the student slide and it says insert image and you can find a picture, upload it from your computer. But I found having two windows open makes it very quick to drag and drop instead of insert the image, find the image, upload it and go from there. Another thing is if you do that once, 
insert the image and upload it, you can copy it and paste it onto other students' work. So that's a really easy way to grade it. It shows students that you've looked at it, but not necessarily taken a grade from it. My third tip is the comments. So of course we wanna offer productive feedback to students, and one of the ways we can do that in Google Classroom is leaving comments on the student work. There is a bank of comments that you can create in Google Classroom, and you can create several different comments that you use quite frequently. For example, you might say, great job, I like the way you, and then kind of fill in the blank and then you would copy that comment, paste it, and then complete the blank. An easier way that I found, rather than using that comment blank, because I like to you know, copy the pictures and copy the comments, sometimes it's hard to go back and forth between the two because then I lose one of my copying <laughs> and pasting files over the other. So if you have a separate Google Doc and you just have comments written in there, you could very easily highlight copy and paste and stick that into the student's work. The other thing that I've noticed within Google Classroom is that if you hit the return button to return multiple students' work at once, it is faster than returning one at a time after you've left a comment. So if all the students have the same grade on it, I would click the button on the left where it lets you click on select names. Remember, this is in Google Classroom. And then I would say return, and it's going to ask me to return all. And then on the bottom, you can leave a private comment. And it can be the same for all the students. So I use this a lot when they're returning their math practice pages each day. So I will do the return all, and in the comment for returning all, I might say, great job, you earned one dojo point for completing your, your daily assignment. And then it gives that same message to all those students. So you can do the same thing if you group different students that got the score, same score together, and then you can leave one blank comment that would go to all of them. Or not blank comment, but one common comment to all of them. My last tip today is Google Forms. So I love Google Forms. I'm a big fan. I've created them for SightWord assessment, and I've also created them for all the math quizzes that we do. So I took our math curriculum, and I actually took the time to create Google Forms for every single math quiz through the entire math curriculum for the year. So now, whenever there's a quiz, I can just attach the Google Form to my Google Classroom, and then it's grading it for me. Now, sometimes there is a little bit of an issue, especially since our math program likes them to have multiple answers within one multiple choice question. I found that the easiest way to do that is the checkbox option in Google Forms, but you wanna be careful and create a rule that of how many students are allowed to click, because if they're allowed to click all of them, let's say there's five options, they can click all five options and they can get the correct answers because it's not limiting them to maybe just the two that they have to have complete for the answer. So I've clicked all five, it's marking the two that I needed correct, it's not subtracting anything for the ones that I got incorrect, and I'm getting that question completely right, even though I know I don't know anything because I clicked all the answers. So that's the 
issue that I've seen with Google Forms. The other one is if you're using Google Classroom, I tend to record a video of myself reading the Google Form quiz for the students that didn't attend or participate live. They can go back and listen to me read the quiz questions, especially if they don't have any support at home. So if you're a new listener, I teach second grade. So we're talking about second graders. A lot of times they do struggle with reading. So I like to offer that support because they're doing this work during what we call asynchronous time, which is basically from lunchtime until the end of the school day. So I'm trying to offer as many supports as I can for them to complete their work independently. That being said, when I upload a video file with the Google Form, it will not automatically import my Google Form grades. So creating a separate topic listing that is just for like the math quiz recordings allows me to insert the Google Form by itself, but still offer that support to students. And then when they're done with the quiz and I've looked it over and graded it, I can just say import grades from the Google Forms and it goes ding, 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 and they're in Google Classroom. So I don't have to go back and look, what did they get? They got a one, they got a five, and I'm typing in all those answers into it visually for each student. It's done in a second if I just import for Google Forms by itself. Okay, so those are my top four tips that I have for more efficient digital grading. Just a quick recap. Number one, we have that we should really just evaluate only what we need to take a grade on, whether it's just a formal assessment at the end of the week or the end of a mini unit, or if it's going to be grading the last of the practice pages on that particular topic. Number two was sticker grading. Easy way to show students that you've looked at their work and that you value that they worked on their practice problems or whatever practice you're assigning them, but you don't actually have to go through and grade everything. Step number three, or tip number three, is how to add comments quickly to student work. And last but not least is tip number four, which is using Google Forms to self-grade for you and to automatically input into Google Classroom. Thank you so much for listening to the Shared Teaching Podcast. If you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes, please go to sharedteaching.com forward slash podcast and fill out the Google form. Told you I love Google forms about what episodes that you are interested in hearing more about. Thank you for being a listener and you can tune in on Wednesdays for new episodes each week. Bye for now. If you've loved this show, then join me in sharing the teaching, hitting that subscribe button, and leaving us a review on iTunes so we can be found by more teachers like you who are ready to start sharing the workload. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Find new episodes each week on shareteaching.com. Thanks for listening to the Share Teaching Podcast.
and um, questions are much so multiple